Great job, team. Head back to base for debriefing and Welcome to another episode of Debriefing and Cocktails. So sorry for the delay of this episode. Uh, Master co-star Sergio Lugo recently had a baby. So that's just made things a little hectic and trying to find the right time to make it work. Sergio, how, how is that baby? Dude, it's been a very long time since I've had a baby. Mm-hmm. Fuck, man. <laughs> I totally forgot. I, I I don't know how, like, over a 10-year period, you just completely forget how miserable the first month or two of a baby's life is for the parents. But fuck, man. Yeah, I mean, what what's the whole stere- the stereotypical joke is, like, you're just trying to make sure it doesn't kill itself? It, well, it's <laughs> it's that and, like, please just shut up. Please and just it, go, to, go to sleep. Please just <laughs> shut up. Just eat this and go to sleep. Please. You and, also don't want to get like convicted an, of murder either. Like, that yeah, and, and like that's like an every three hour thing. Like whether or not you are ready to feed it, it's ready to eat. <laughs> well, we'll try and push past and hope hope young baby Lugo can stay asleep with his full tummy. Uh, he this... definitely has a full tummy. So so let's get let's get this going. Yeah. This week, we are talking about a long-awaited movie to me. We are talking about Skyfall. This is the 23rd in the James Bond franchise that we're going to talk about. Now, I know I don't say that very much, but I happen to have notes in front of me, so I thought I'd use them. And that's probably the end of my notes. (laughs) But this is a... Your note was, it's number 23rd? It's number 23. Yes, it's number 23rd. This one's a, a a big deal, at least it it is to me. It's definitely one of my favorite Bond movies. It might be my favorite. It's hard to say, but it's mm-hmm. it's definitely really up there in in terms of just kind of everything about it. Just about after watching it now, though, again years later, I definitely have little things to say. We'll uh-huh. we'll get into that though. What what was your overall impression for this one? Your Dude. you know your real quick elevator throw. My I guess my elevator pitch here is um all of these other silly little movies should be very <laughs> embarrassed to, to 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 put try to put their name in the same hat that Skyfall lives in. Oh, all right. Well, we'll just go ahead and move right on into analysis of this here movie do you do you want to start us off or do you want me to lead uh i'll let you lead because because i i want to hear what you, i have a lot to say but i definitely don't want to step on what you want to say so oh it's cool we'll work it out we always do i will start off by saying that the opening of this movie is very good compared to some of the other ones and the other ones have good openings but this one's just really really nice I, I I like the action of it. It's it's simple, but it's just kind of 
building as you watch it where Bond finds his other associates and they're dying and it shows that he cares about them still, that he he's more worried about that and getting that guy medical attention. But, you know, Dame Judy Dench wants him to get going. So, you know, it's a big deal that she's not even caring about this guy's life. Whatever they're after is more important. And then it scales up to them transitioning into a train fight where he gets on mm-hmm. a bulldozer. Dude, that that train that train fight was amazing. The bulldozer, yeah, had me giddy. Yeah, that was a super cool, and, and I couldn't, and it would probably take me watching this movie and other movies that do it to analyze really like why this one doesn't seem so stupid to me. <laughs> you, you know, I, I'm sure you could say it's just a plot, it's some sort of contrivance that there's a bulldozer bulldozer on there anyway, but the way he uses it. None of it seems dumb or even that crazy to me. Just somebody who's really experienced and understands how to manipulate and use their environment where he he's in it. The guy starts shooting at him and he puts up the 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 grabber. I don't even know what to call the thing. The, the dozer part of it the, to blo- the dozer to to put the claw of it to block the shot. So he has so he can move and do whatever he's doing. Uh-huh. And then that he grapples it into the train so he can get onto the train. I don't know how realistic that is, but in my mind, I'm like, this doesn't seem totally stupid to me. Yeah. This yeah. actually seems like that would work. Like in, in a series where most of the action scenes are just dumb car chases and James Bond running after people like yeah. this, this action scene kind of told a story. Mm hmm. You know, here's how I'm going to get to him. Here's how I'm going to get onto the train. Here's how I'm going to block his shots. Mm-hmm. And it, it was, it was breathtaking. It like, and and I have never seen a character in a movie show more swagger than Daniel Craig's James Bond did when he walked through the was it when he walked through the door after the the the, the uh bulldozer yeah fell? yeah yeah he just dropped like the bulldozer rips off the back end of the train and he yeah. just kind of drops in and he just fixes his tie and walks keeps going oh yeah yeah just so much james bond swagger yeah that's really good yeah that's a good way to put that too it looked really really good for him yeah, yeah he, it, there, was, there was a real cool guys don't look at explosions moment. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that's that's really good. And, and it shows it really highlights one of the things I like about Bond as a character in, in all of his stuff is he's very ingenuitive. He's very create generally creative with how he deals with situations, mm-hmm. whether how he gets into a thing, how he gets out of a situation, how he locks things like he even does it later and and maybe this is a small tropey thing but I, I you know whatever i guess i'm being my bias is showing where later in the courtroom scene he shoots two fire extinguishers to create a, a giant smoke screen right across the room i don't know if that's real i have no idea how fire extinguishers work other than you squeeze the thing and it comes out i don't know if shooting them fucks it all up but um, it's well, cool they are pressurized, so if you were to shoot one, the contents of it would do that. Uh, now, what the contents of the, the contents of the fire extinguisher is really that that varies. Would it come I, out I don't know. like that? It wouldn't explode. There's no sort of 
it, it wouldn't come out some weird wonky way it, like that's kind of in line with reality. I, I, no, I'm going to stop short of saying that, okay. but it's plausible. It, yeah, maybe it's all m- ma- movie magic, but it's at least in my head like, OK, that seems like that can work. That's a realistic thing enough to create that smoke screen. So that that that's just really a cool thing to me. Yeah, I, I like I wish, you know, like me and you, we, we know directors names It's like, oh, that director, he's done this movie, this movie, this movie. And oh, I, oh, I don't. You can have that. I don't. But, I, I don't. But no, I don't like no, no, not, no, I'm not talking about the James Bond movies, but I mean, why aren't things like it? Like, is there a position on a on a on a movie that's called like action coordinator or or action choreographer? Because oh, you got to think so. Like, I, I, I don't know what the professional title would be called, but whoever is in charge of choreo- choreographing the action move, the, the action sequences in this movie is a very talented oh, yeah. individual. Yeah, he whoever he or she they them him her it did great. Like these are e- even if they're not like bombastic and awe-inspiring, they're really well done. It's just good clean action for them at least like that, like the little thing of the of the fire extinguishers. It's not a big thing right that's not a big set pc thing or at least not a bombastic action thing but it's cool and it's simple the the bulldozer thing's much different but and even the and even the car chase stuff in between from him finding the agent to then is it's all right you know it's it's not i I mean i kind of don't give a shit about car chases to be if i'm being honest they got to have some wild shit happening for me to care about one car chasing after another car. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, <clears throat> speaking of that opening sequence, like, they they really started the movie with a showstopper by, quote-unquote, murdering James Bond. Yeah, you know, that... You, you know, yeah. taking that shot and it hitting Bond and he just fall lifeless into the, you know, the water below... That's a very, very effective, effective visual. It is. And, and you know, the, the screwed up thing is, is that whole bulldozer scene that we just gushed over a little bit. I'm, I'm on board. I'm completely on board with that scene. Watching him get shot and plummeting into a river that's something like 100 plus feet below him. And he's not dead. Bothers <laughs> me. <laughs> well, or at least not severely not crippled. Exist. Yeah, surface tension does not no, exist in don't. movies. Yeah, it's just... no, it it it's just so wild. Like that just because I had definitely forgotten about that. Either way, that he falls that far, but it's yeah. a far ass fall, and he's just like, okay, I'm just walking away from that. All right, man. Yeah, you, you yeah. were the bullet remains, but like your your shoulder isn't fucked up for the rest of your life. I don't. All right, man. Like, what kind you. of tiny? bullet were you were you shot with oh <laughs> uh, and so so i'll jump over to something that that kind of bugs me about the that maybe not bugs me but it's just something i noticed and it's kind of like eh, i don't like that how they they have him go through the whole physical scene right and he does not clear is he's not ready for duty um silver 
the bad guy talks about that he like they make a big deal to say that bond's not ready yeah and they also make some thing i think to that he is and that he that him believes in him or whatever but the audience has been shown enough evidence through actions and uh scans and such that bond's out of practice or out of sync or out of something but they just kind of drop that they they don't there's no redemption of it there's no montage of let me get in shape there's there's just nothing they they just kind of drop that whole idea that bond is dog bond is in a dog shit physical state not who he was they say all these things and then never talked about again he never shows these actions never shows this lack just amazing after that point and i like i and you see, I, I think that it didn't matter. Like I don't, I don't, I don't think the point was this is this is Bond getting back, back in the habit or back in shape or you know, back to a hundred percent. This is Bond on an emotional journey, one that he has to take with like with him. Yeah. So, so 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 his his ability to physically do the job is only. A way to—it's only a way to make him an underdog going into the, the 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 action sequences. And I guess I just wish they would have made Silver out to be better than he was, better on paper. Like, and they do a little bit. They talk just a little bit that Silver was this great agent and all. Yeah. I don't know. It it, it just like I said, it just kind of bugs me that they spend enough time on that to make it like. You know, he's an old dog and he needs to get put aside. And there's nothing like Mallory, uh, Ray Fines, whatever his na- the actor's name is. Voldemort. Uh-huh. Uh, it, it's <laughs> just really, it is really hit that he's old. He's out of shape. He's tired. He's been through shit. And then they just never bring it up again. And he never falters again after uh, the situation with the girl standing there with the drink on her head and he just can't make the shot it never happens again and so i would rather like this is to say fine you can make him an underdog and let him just believe in him you know yeah the Mm -hmm. tests show that he's not ready that's but i believe in him when it counts in the moment he'll he'll he's the best you know that and and and, and ultimately he's m's running out of people she can trust sure yeah. And she can trust him. She believes that he can do the job regardless. That like that's the story they're telling. That the, the, like that's why I'm okay with you know him being physically incapable of doing the job he's hired to do. Yeah, and and like I said, I or I'll say it again. To I don't strictly hate it. It's not the worst shit in the world. It 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 just kind of irks me. I I wish they'd have played that a little differently. One thing a little more. One thing a little less. Or don't do this at all. Play the, just something. It, it just kind of bugged me that it's like they bring all this up and then don't bring it up anymore. And he's just awesome, yeah. which is fun. I want him to be awesome. Like he's he's great, right? Like once he saves them from the courtroom and all that uh, after Silver got captured, like he I mean, it's all gravy, right? It's it's great. Like he even the yeah. chase with him and Silver. Where Silver's in disguise and he meets him halfway and then meets him in the tunnel and Silver gets him back with it. It's called a radio. I got it at a local toy store <laughs> and the train just falls down on him. You know, it, all all that's great. And that's not even Bond being shitty. That's just 
it's just the villain got the, beat him to it, whatever, right? He had yeah. a thing in place. <clears throat> and uh, the Aston Martin was a really cool scene to me. I know this is very, we're very much jumping around. Yeah. The Aston Martin's kind of one of those things where this movie is, it's an example of this movie showcasing its history a little bit. Mm hmm. Which I feel like if you think about it, it's weird what they're trying to do in this mo- by the end of the movie. Because oh, oh, something well, doesn't make yeah. sense. Like on paper, it's awesome, right? If I don't think about it at all, it's great. It's really cool that, you know, we've Judy Dench is in all this time, blah, blah, blah. She ends up dying. And then Mallory it becomes the new M. His name's Mallory, so M. And the office that he gets put in is similar, if not exactly the same. I don't know. But they're very similar offices to the original Bond Mm -hmm. M office. Mm -hmm. And that's cool. But then I feel like the part where I'm saying if you think about it too much, I feel like it's weird. Because so now are these movies a full retelling of the whole story? Like the opening and and you know from Christina Royale, yes, they it definitely kind of is, but it makes the every other one after it kind of weird. Like this <laughs> one being, what I mean is this one ending where it is. This Doctor No should be next, but it isn't. I I, I refuse to to give that train of thought any thought because. Okay. It it will like devalue big sections of, of movies in the franchise. Like it's just cute, and I like it. That's that's where I'm gonna stop. It it is. It's very cute. Yeah, and, and I I won't go too much into it. I I do kind of wish this is where Daniel Craig's Bond ended. I I would say that I, I kind of wish this was the end, so they could start again. Kind of at the end, you know, say back to the end of uh, Die Another Day. Like they've jumped, they've they've told his prequel series of movies. Now we can jump back to the present day, or you know, whatever. And and even that, yeah. the the timing of it's kind of strange in some way. If you if you start thinking about it too much, if Skyfall is a prequel to Doctor No, and then they go back to fucking you know little sonar radios or whatever that be wee wee. Yeah, yeah, like it doesn't make any sense. We we have to cut the conversation off because yeah. it doesn't make sense. Right. <sighs> oh well. Uh, what I anyway really, but it's great. Really, it's great though. Yes, what I like really enjoyed great. was the like this told like an existential crisis within MI6. It's like. Is the work they're doing even necessary? Yeah, and and while I appreciate this, I feel like they've done this story before in the Bond movies, not in the ones we've watched. I okay. know that, but I feel like this has been a story before. At the very least, it's been a story in these kinds of movies, uh, like actiony, espionagey spy type movies like are uh, physical agents needed as much versus all the data information internet whatnot that you have these days right 
Yeah. Like is yeah. John McClane a relic? Is Bond a relic? These kinds of characters. It's well, it's I, I know it's been hinted at in some of the movies we've watched, is like especially in Goldeneye, but mm-hmm. I, I feel like this dealt with it in a very real way. You know, all, all of the agents being uh, basically unmasked as secret agents in the field for the slaughtering. Mm-hmm. Uh, MI, the, the building in MI6 being bombed, like yeah, like this this was very close to home. Uh, both thematically and also physically, like a large chunk of this movie takes place in London. Yeah, which we don't get that a lot. Right. Yeah, that, that's true. They don't really like, have like, usually have it on this home turf very much. Uh, usually, it's it's you know, white spy man goes into exotic land and spies up the place. Like mm-hmm. this, this is very much. I have to come home because shit has hit the fan in a way that we've never seen before. Mm. And to me, that's way more exciting and way more interesting than some dude just going off to a foreign land and fooling yeah, around the natives, them. you know? Yeah. And it is for what it's worth. Like all this, this stuff is cool. Like the, the story is a good story. I, I kind of feel like they, they they drop a little bit on the uh, silver's kind of goals ish way or or it's kind of splotchy and maybe I'm missing something so feel free to correct me. Okay. The couple of times that M gets messages on her computers and it says think on your sins. What what sins is he referring to exactly? Just how how she handled him I suppose. Or how she handles he her. Agent. Yeah. Or just not just him just. We were shown earlier in that movie and in other movies that the you know the double O's are expendable. Mm-hmm. Uh, so think on your sins. These are people. These are you know this. The, I signed up to be expendable, but I did not. I didn't sign up to be tortured. Uh, and then on top of that, not even be given the the the, the relief of death because the cyanide capsule you gave me failed. Yeah. You know, so, okay, like, okay, maybe that's it. Like th- that, coupled with the whole idea that MI6 is pointless or that it's more dangerous than it is beneficial, re- like it, it's 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 the state and the villain being against the good guys mm-hmm. to a point okay. that it seems like maybe the good guys aren't the good guys, or maybe they're. They're not as good. Or maybe this needs to change. Maybe the dynamic is like halfway through. I was like, how is how are we going to fix this? Mm. Was my first thought because you have you know the, the 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 English government sending what's his name, not what's his name, uh, Ilm through the ringer in oh, in, yeah, in the courtroom yeah. hearing, like not even letting her talk. And I'm just like, this 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 shit is real. <laughs> I've seen this on C-SPAN. Yeah. They're, they're, and and I, I, I don't know if it's Ray Fines or if it's just kind of the British humor or, or the Bond humor, all these things together. I really enjoy a handful, if not all, of Mallory's kind of scenes, like his banter or his commentary. Like like you're saying with the courtroom scene, the the lead counsel woman is just reaming Dane Judy Dench 
Reedner, the rights and all that. And, and he chimes in. He's like, you know, for the sake of diversity, why don't we have the witness talk for just a minute? <laughs> and obviously he delivers it in that much better, drier British speech pattern. So it's just he just has a handful of things where like when he's speaking to M later or earlier, uh, it's like, you, you know, have you thought about retirement? Yeah, I think you should. Yeah, that seems like a good idea. You're, you should come to this thing where you're going to volunteer your retirement coming up. That sounds like a lovely idea. Uh, yes, and that's yes. not verbatim, but just there's, the just, idea. there's an elegance. There's an elegance to uh, like certain British dialects that really lends itself to really dry, fantastic humor. And and you're right. I think his name's Ray Fines or Ralph Fines. Okay. One of those two. One of them. Yeah, it, it's. It's so weird, like the littlest of the littlest slant in some of the British dialogue can be it's either backhanded sarcasm or just flat out sarcasm or mm-hmm. it's meant to be taken seriously. What it British humor or British dialect and dialogue is, is definitely in, an interesting topic for another yeah. whole conversation. Uh, um so something else that I really liked was mm-hmm. All of the, all of the, the like your standard James Bond players, not only are there, but they are key stars of the movie. Like we find out at the end that the the the, the black woman was was Money Penny, mm-hmm. the one who shot him. Uh, yeah. We 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 find we meet Q. Like we meet the new Q, and not only does he have a Q scene, but like he's a reoccurring character in the movie working with bond. Like he's part of his team. Yeah. You know, and I I guess me just coming from other franchises where you don't have characters just drop in for five minutes and then disappear forever. Mm. I really, really appreciated that. I I do too. I, I like the idea of these characters sticking around. I'm also used to them not either them just being brief stints in the movie for levity or whatever. And I think my only problem with that, with what you're saying is the, is the Q character. I think he's a little too, you know, maybe this is too much bias toward the old Q and this isn't him being there too much in this movie. That's all. That's fine. It's that he comes off too full of himself, too smart. (laughs) <laughs> and and I always appreciated that the other Q was he, he never came off as an asshole. You know, he, he's making all the Q brand stuff and doing all the things and says all oh, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm sure he's definitely got some kind of British snark about some of the things he says. I'm sure if I went back and saw them all and remembered everything he said, I'm sure he doesn't. He's not always the nicest about everything he says. But this one, like, like one of the main things, like, oh, there's only three people in the world who could do this code. It's like, well, do you know anyone who can do it? It's like, I made them. It's like, oh, 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 okay, dude. Oh, all right, cool. You're <laughs> super fucking brilliant. Cool. I never needed to know that about Q. I never needed to hear Q just fucking jerk himself off for two seconds. I didn't. I don't. I never needed that. Right. But we've all we've never seen a Q this young, though. We haven't. And and that's I, I don't think him being young is a necessity for him to be 
you know, have big balls about his intelligence or, his, or any of those things. It's such a small, for the record, I want to make it real clear. I don't, this is not a huge complaint. And I do like that actor. I like him playing the character. I, I just could have done without that. I, I just don't like, that's not how I like my cue, I guess. You know, but at least he did kind of get his comeuppance. I'll, I'll at least give the movie that, where they didn't just have him be boastful and nothing no consequence come of his uh, being too full of himself. He yeah. gets, he gets jammed up about it, right? Like he's the reason that they got into the system in the first place. Cause he didn't think about that. Yeah. So it, it's, it's done well now that I kind of have said it all out loud. That's, that's a good way. At least they, he has his big, big balls moment and then he gets his ball slapped on the table. <laughs> Mm. Um, I I really like uh Mallory or Rafe Ralph Fiennes' character. Ralph Fiennes, yeah, yeah. I you know not to go too much into him since I've already said it a little bit I think, but I just overall liked liked his character. I I wish he would be. I I don't recall for Spectre if he was much of a character in that movie, but I, I either way, I would love to have seen him be M a little more. Oh, I, I enjoyed him coming in. I think he'd have been a decent replacement into Judy Dench. Okay. Okay. And what what is Silver's name? What's that actor's name? Javier Bardem. Yeah. He was really good. He's one of the best villains I think the series has ever had. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You, you said really good. And I don't disagree. I was going to say that saying he was really good is an understatement. Mm. But saying he's he, one of the best villains they've had is absolutely, yes. Yeah, he is a superb villain. He's He has some complexity. He has a personal reason to have any sort of feelings, not to name any, but to have any sort of feelings toward Bond and then especially toward him. I, I really enjoy the villains that have genuine personal motivations with mm-hmm. against the hero and or the hero's companions you know you have the characters like loki right like tom hiddleston just did such a that that's the actor for loki yeah tom hiddleston he's done just such a good job as an actor with it and had so much fun and all this stuff where we like that character but his motivation of loki like Ah, my brother was meant for the throne and I wasn't. No one loved me. Like, <laughs> shut the fuck up. Please, with this bullshit ass bullshit. I, I get it. I'm not trying to super harp on that. But that's such a mundane, vague motivation for a character to have. Yeah. Whereas yeah. this guy has some real stakes in it. He's been on the bad end of what could happen to Bond and actually has some sort of maybe not admiration is the right word, but camaraderie with Bond and his, what he believes his circumstances could become if he's not careful. And he's actually trying to offer him something genuine when he has him on the island. Like, mm-hmm. look, you can just work for us and do what you want to do. And you, you want to keep doing the stuff you're doing? You can do it here. You just don't have to do it under her because she doesn't give a fuck about you. Look what she did to me. She didn't care about me. Why would she care about you? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and 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 that's really good that's that's really good. why why it works so well because his motivations are personal and yeah. they weave they weave directly into the story they're telling about MI6 and mm-hmm. exposing how James Bond is just a tool yeah, he's a yeah. tool of the state that you know it, like if 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 the state asked him to commit war crimes, which I'm pretty sure he has in a few of these movies, he just does Probably. it. You know, like he just does yeah. it. Yeah. And t- you know, removing the veil of hey, this guy's a hero. It's like, wait a minute, this guy, this guy might not be a hero. He's he's he is a tool, and this also it also gave uh still uh Javier Bardem's character. A reason not to 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 actually talk to him. Most Bond movies, the the villains don't have a <clears throat> legit reason to sit him down and say, "Well, here's my plan," and blah 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 blah. They just do it because that's how movies are. Yeah, and and they and they happen to intersect with each other. Like Bond meets them or runs into them or or they run into him or whatever. It's it's just it's all circumstantial. Yeah, or or of course the the the, the 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 huge trope of yeah. I've captured you bombed Bond now I'm going to tell you exactly what my plans are like yeah Bardem had he had that moment mm-hmm. but it wasn't motivated like there was motivation <clears throat> yeah he he wanted those things to happen specifically it's kind of you know and it's not to scratch too much into it because there is some there's probably something you could say about some of the parts of his plan. Like, how the fuck did he know the X, Y, Z or get X, Y, Z to happen? It's kind of on par with uh, uh, the Dark Knight, if you think about oh, it. Like, the way Joker much, Joker much. gets called and everything kind of plays out the way he wants it to. Which, I'm, it's not a complaint. It's just, a, it is something to note. He, he has this grand plan planned out, and so does Silver, apparently. Like, him getting captured is all part of it. Him getting so he can get to that courtroom because he thinks that's gonna he believes that's gonna happen. Yeah, yeah, it, it's 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 wild, dude. Like this this movie is so fucking good. Yeah. And, like we haven't even touched on the whole Skyfall part of this yet. Yeah, and and all of that because it, it's really it's kind of at least, at least the part I'm gonna say is it's it's not much, right? Like they do. They do talk about it, and there is – I don't want to make it sound like it's nothing, but they really don't go too deep into it. The most they really kind of do is touch on that Bond was a hu- – he's kind, he kind of has a Batman story in some weird way where it's like <laughs> yes. the old groundskeeper says Bond went in there and hid for two days, and then when he came out, he wasn't, he wasn't James Bond anymore, or he wasn't a boy anymore. Yeah. Like, he was just created and became who he is. Yeah, his like his his what what happened to his parents? They were Oh, uh, jeez, I don't remember I don't remember what this movie said that they did. I if they if the movie said it itself. I feel like I remember they died in like a plane crash or something. Yeah, like I'm, it wasn't I'm, malicious, it was just like an accidental death. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna actually look while you tell me what you thought about the whole Skyfall thing. Yeah, uh, I I just want to say that it's it's fantastic to actually see some backstory. It, it's fantastic yeah. to understand his relationship with his 
his uh, upbringing and how it so easily fed him into the double O system. Uh, mm. M even went out of her way to say the orphans make, make the best recruits. Yeah. You know, and, and th- th- like that is a, that's a very biting statement, but yeah. it's true. You know, w- w- when, when you have a, 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 a child or a young person whose family is just gone and they have nobody, of course, of course they're the best recruits. Right. And, and it looks like his parents died in a climbing accident. Okay. Yeah. So, so, so yeah, so yeah, uh, yeah, seeing that he comes from affluence is not surprising. Seeing that he comes from, from this, this rural mansion was kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I did like the groundskeeper. I did like the fact that the groundskeeper had been there just kind of tending to the grounds ever since uh, Bond left. And it, the, the groundskeeper, for lack of a better term, grounded his his entire past. Yeah, it, it gives him something to touch back on. Like that you're you are part of my history and yeah. and I can't until you're. As long as you're here, I have something tangential along, you know, along with the house, of course. Yeah. Uh, This movie reminded me that I fucking cannot stand night scenes in movies. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Actually, it's funny that you like that. The the night scene when Skyfall is burning Mm. and, and. Bond is trying to make his way to what was it like a farm or something that was yeah to the church yeah to the church or whatever chapel um, mm-hmm. him walking on the the like the, the frozen ice, lake yeah frozen lake yeah, with yeah. skyfall burning behind him mm-hmm. is one of the most beautiful fucking shots I've seen in an action movie in a long time oh I'll give you that for what it's worth in terms fucking of like stunning man yeah in terms of like visual moments or or vacuum or lighting however you it might be properly phrased for these sort of things it's it's great it looks good it's well done it's not just bullshit total darkness with somehow ambient light coming around them (laughs) (laughs) you know you're in a pitch black house but you can just somehow miraculously make it through because there's just this weird ambient light coming from we don't know where it, it's really good. I'm just not a. I just don't like care, just full night scenes in most movies. In yeah. uh, on the whole, you know, at least. But it's fine. Fortunately, nothing really happens in this movie in the pitch of night for it. Uh, where you know you have some movies where they have like flashes of light while the action is happening. Take like um, Attack of the Clones when Dooku and Anakin fight each other. Mm-hmm. With the blue and red lightsabers, they are the only lights for them. On yep. one hand, that's a really cool visual to me. I really like that the lightsabers are lighting them, but I'm sorry that I'm disabled and this shit annoys me. So <laughs> I can't appreciate it the same. But in, anyway, I, it, it's cool. And yeah, the one minor problem I had with that, with that whole scene, and all I'm asking for, and I'm sure this is you're going to say some read shit. Yep. I don't like that Judy Dench just gets hurt and we don't see it. It just happens. She's they're They're being attacked. They're doing all the stuff in the house. 
everything's happening now and maybe i missed something to be fair maybe i missed it i don't think you missed anything i, I don't i did not recall her being shot yeah and they're just yeah. walking in the tunnel going to the chapel and she just reveals that she's been she's bleeding and i'm just like what what when did that happen why are you just bleeding right now i don't understand uh, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna say just slow down, Reed. Calm down. Just 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 calm down. Like it's fine. It's fine. It's gonna be fine. It's ultimately not a big deal. It. <laughs> I just don't like it. I I feel like they. It's so easy for them to have shown anything that she got hurt. And but it just feels so without the without the circumstance that she gets hurt, showing that she got hurt. It seems contrived to me. It seems just made up. Hey, we need her to die. I, I get it's can all, it's all just a shortcut. She's you want her to die, and this is the way you want to do it. it. I just don't think that's the best way to do it. I think the time you took to show her reveal that she's injured, you could have just shown her get hurt. It just feels it feels a little cheap. I guess maybe that's the the way to put it. It feels cheaper when you don't. Uh, have see. when you don't watch the circumstance. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Because I don't I'm, know why she's dying other than Judy Dench's contract is up. <laughs> 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 Again, not a big deal. It's not that serious. It's just one of those little things like, I don't I don't like the way that this was shown. I, I wish it was shown differently. All Take right. It takes me just a smidge. Uh, I like the chapel scene. Like it really just shows silver and, and maybe I'm not thinking about it right. Maybe there's something more to it. Maybe this is, maybe he's just fucking out of his mind at this point, but either way, I, I enjoy it that he's just so he needs her. He is really hooked on her to the point where he, he is ready to die with her. Oh, when he put the gun. Yes. Yeah. He, he hugs her. And puts the gun in her hand and puts the gun up against their heads. Like, yeah, like that's yeah, a yeah, like, really, at least on paper in a vacuum, that's a really gripping scene. It's like, oh shit, dude, you were really, you're fucking in this. Yeah, he, he's he's boiled his entire his entire existence down <clears throat> to getting back at him. Yeah, he like this is the moment he has wanted. This is what he wants so badly. And it's really good. And and like I say before, it's just the kind of connective. Is it staying on theme? Is it staying on whatever? That's what I was kind of saying. I I wonder if that's if it's if he's being a little too crazy compared to where he should be that, you know, the expectation. But either way, the moment is great. It's such a good moment to me. Him him seeing her shot and wounded and he's actually bothered by it. And then leading into the hug ready to shoot them ready to ready mm-hmm. for them to die together yeah and uh it's always surprising to me how knives just murder people in the back i don't know <laughs> how knives work you've played video games before uh, N- i mean knives yeah, are I an instant kill they always are <laughs> <laughs> like silver has sustained next to no damage in this entire ordeal but a knife to the back he's just dead so yep. it's just kind of, it's just kind of funny. I don't know how real or not that is. 
Uh, I, is is that the whole? Yeah. Movie? Did we just cover the whole movie? Eh, we kind of jumped around a little bit. Our, here's here's a scene. I I don't know if you would think this is cool. I I think you would, given your your John Wickishness, and maybe I'm thinking of the wrong. Maybe I'm conflating things here. The scene where he's fighting the sniper, I think in let's just say Japan or North Korea or wherever he is, where he where oh, they've got the, yeah. the all the crazy colors going at the top of that building, and the, when he go, travels up the elevator with him, uh-huh. and they're on that top floor and they're fighting in silhouettes. Yep, That's yep. really cool. That was yes. a really cool scene. I really I I feel like other movies have done that. I don't know if this is the first one that did. I don't know. Either way, this is the one I remember seeing and remember mm-hmm. really liking. So this is the the first of it to me, whether somebody did it first. Yeah, I think it was John Wick 3 that did it. Of course, did this movie does – like it? It does something like it. Uh, of course, this predates that movie by a, a, a big chunk. A few chunk. years. Um, yeah. But yeah, absolutely. Like, That's a badass scene, yeah. It's oh, it, again. This this goes back to a few scenes in this movie where the action doubles as an art piece. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, it's a very visually stimulating scene that's happening in front of you. Yeah, yeah that's a good way to put it. Yeah, that like I had forgotten that whole scene happened. That that was that was wonderfully shot. Oh man, yeah, that's a great scene. It's such a good scene. Yeah, and, and it feels like it's such a little thing in the grand scheme of it all, but the visual of it was really is just really cool. I mean, that's definitely the biggest thing to it, because I mean, the fuck, the dude did he kill is like, dude doesn't matter, just some bum, yeah, some bum yeah. that he needed information from that yet again he doesn't get because he lets him die. <laughs> this seems like a common trope of the Daniel Craig Bond is like, who are you working for? Dead. Bond, go find, go to get that person. He has information. Uh, dead. Always dead. Sorry. <laughs> like I thought he learned that lesson. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Do you do you have anything else in in a uh, analysis? We've gone a bit long in the tooth in this section, so we're gonna have to mosey on through the other ones. But I, um, I feel like this was this was kind of warranted. This one was a big entry to me at least yeah yeah like like there's there's a lot to talk about in this movie and there's a lot of of great analysis you can have especially when you compare it to the others which i think we're going to do at the end more than Mm -hmm. we probably have with other movies so i'm fine jumping off of this you know this part of the show so what's next uh we're going to talk about the music so in these these last two sections, we won't let's try not take too too long. But the music, I would say this is. I, I could listen. I really enjoyed the Skyfall. I really enjoyed the intro to this movie. I don't know if I'm right or wrong, or if it's just very personal to me. But I just really like the song. It's really it's bombastic enough and quiet enough. It really builds the visual that's going on. Is it works. Yeah, yeah. When like I of course I knew the song Skyfall because it was a it was a big hit, you know, by Adele, um, mm-hmm. popular recording artist Adele. <laughs> uh, I, knowing that this song was the intro song to a movie had me a little worried because it doesn't start it like it's 
it doesn't punch you in the mouth. It's like it's not a bombastic song from the start. It's kind of a ballad. Yeah, and, you know. and honestly, that's why I liked it. I think I think it's starting off really slow and subtle is good. And in another movie, I don't think it would work. But coming off of the scene where James Bond is shot and falls into the into the river, and it's it comes off such a solemn moment mm-hmm. that I, I feel like it's the perfect song for that intro. Yeah. I, that, I that's, see that. And that's not even speaking to how good the song is. The the song is great. Uh, yeah. Outside of Live and Let Die, I would say it's probably the best. I I'd probably say it is the best, at least to me. And and that's just kind of the the momentum of the song that I, I really like. That sort of again the the quiet start that it has yeah. into a bigger song, like you said, calling it a ballad. Yeah, uh, and, but yeah, and, it's definitely and, top three. Yeah, and it, it's it's funny that the upcoming movie No Time to Die uh, has a song by Billie Eilish, and it's it's another one of those songs that is not like it it doesn't grab your attention with its you know you know it's just it's it's a subtle solemn oh, man. song. Yeah, so, I need to. I need to listen to that song again. I I'm not on board with that one. I remember. It's I'm, at least I'm, okay. And and again, judging the song outside of the context of the movie that it's in is not really sure. Sure, sure. I'm just judging the song for I, what it's I, worth. I feel like if if it's placed into the movie properly, that it can be successful. It's just it, mm-hmm. it, it reminds me of this because it's not your typical opening James Bond song. Yeah, it's it's not. A, a lot of them are kind of up in there. They're they're chipper or upper sounding kind of songs. Most of them don't start off very softly. Yeah. Um. As for the rest of the mu- music in the movie, I feel like, th- and I, this is just you know from me listening uh, a- a- as I watch the movie, but I feel like they were able to implement. M- more of the classic James Bond sounds than they did in the previous movie. Yeah, I feel like they barely used off the top of my head. I don't think Quantum of Solace or Casino Royale really used the James Bond theme outside of the the gun barrel. Yeah, yeah, and th- that may be because this movie is so heavily leaning into this. This is becoming the James Bond that you know. So, yeah, so this is the 50th anniversary the, you know, bond. Yeah. Like, like that, that stuff was there. And I, I feel like they did it in good times, of, though. Yeah. Yeah. Like on top of that, the music cues were right. Like it, the, the music was subtle enough that it doesn't stand out, but it accentuated the action and all of the, the, the emotional scenes in ways that it needed to. Yeah, like when he when he gets in the Aston Martin and they leave, they just play a little little bit of the tune of the and it's not overbearing. Yep. And and that's fun. That's that's all you sprinkled in there. Yeah, you're you're already doing this. When they reveal the Aston Martin, they do that that kind of Bond sound that when when something happens. No, no, not even that. Just that. Just, just that. It's just that when like certain little 
reveals would occur or moments, but either way, yeah, I, I think a lot of the music and everything's done pretty well in this movie for for what there is to me. They don't overuse the Bond theme, even though it's the 50th anniversary of the series and all. Hmm, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Hmm, I feel right. like they show it in the movie. I feel like it's like there, in your face. They, they might have. I... <laughs> <laughs> just didn't uh, okay let's see this this was a sam mendez movie he also does he also did specter and he also did 1917 i might have to watch 1917 1917 is very cool that's okay. a very that's a very good historical movie whether without saying i don't know whether the history of it is right or wrong but the you talk about some visual, it's really interesting visual in that movie. Okay. If if you hadn't already heard of it, I'm not going to tell you. If you hadn't heard what the visual storytelling trope they use in that movie, it's super cool. All right. Well, I had planned on watching it anyway, so. All right. Uh, well, that does it for music. What's next? Jim? Yeah. Next is tropes, and I don't really feel like there's very much in this section, and they, and they even kind of poke fun at a little bit of it, like the Q Branch scene. Where, you know, we don't, which this kind of is weird to me. This is where kind of, I, I just wish they'd have picked different lines or something. Where Q says, you know, he shows him his gear. It's just a little transmitter, just a gun in a case. The case isn't even special. It's just a case. And it's like, <laughs> you you were expecting, expecting an exploding pin. We don't really go for that anymore. <laughs> like, did you really just reference... Goldeneye, which is technically later in the in the continuity of this movie, if we're not mistaken. I don't know, dude. What are you doing? Again, again, we the more thought you put into it, the less it works. <laughs> See, I just don't think that's hard to pick Stop up. Stop thinking. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but uh, that, that's a that's a cute scene, you know. Yeah. That it's just a dump. It's a toned down version of what it is, of of what the other ones are. That's fine. He only has sex with one woman, so there's not much of a trope there. Two, wasn't it two? Who are you? Th- who do you think the second one is? Uh, the second one is like the main girl. The that girl that that Silver killed. had. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, her. Who's the other one? I thought there was a scene in the beginning of the movie where there was one. No, he was. That was that action scene in the beginning. Oh, okay. So no, 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 no. Like when he, when, when they show him, when they reveal him at the, uh, on the island doing stuff, which we really glossed over that. But there's yeah, yeah. It's just showing him kind of chill out in this like, I don't know what where he was. I don't remember if they even said just whatever country he's in. Uh, he he pro he had some girl there in the bed with him. Yeah. Okay. So two. Let's, let's just say so maybe two. Two. Let's two. Just say okay. Two. That's 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 par. <laughs> uh, how many people did he kill? Uh, okay. Okay. I counted fifteen. That's There's, more than I would have thought off the top of my head. Yeah. There, like there was a few moments where I was, I was questioning. Sure at the end, that's where a lot of were. Yeah, I, I was thinking, does that count as a kill? Like, like the guy who he was interrogating that he that dropped from the the building. Oh sure, yeah. Does that yeah, count like as that's a kill? not a yeah. kill technically? I don't think. Mm. Because he didn't mean to do it. <laughs> yeah, 
uh, when I check, I, the, uh, I would say it would. I, for me, I'd say it would count. I see why you say that, but at the same time, I feel like I don't know, man. He he helped put him in that position. He wasn't trying that hard to get him. <laughs> he wanted him to be scared as shit to tell him what he wanted to know. At at the at the very least, it's a manslaughter. <laughs> it's it's not so, that far off. So fifth so fifteen and a manslaughter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let me let me let me check the the records here. Um, I'm showing that officially he had seventeen. Hey. So I was close. I must, I must so, have missed one. So close. Yeah. Who? You know, it's really hard. There's just so many deaths. Yeah. And yeah, do like I, do I'm the booby traps count for him or not? Booby traps? I would yeah, say uh, they in, count in the house. Yeah. Yes, they absolutely count. Oh, and as a as a side, you know what? For whatever reason, that us just talking about that. A side back to analysis, real quick. What the scene that made me think about the whole my whole commentary on them making it stand out that Bond is an old dog. He's out of out of practice. He can't do it. All that stuff. The scene that made me even think about those things was when he works with the groundskeeper to shoot the bottles or whatever they shot. And mm-hmm. he does it superbly. Right. And he's like, what did you say you do for work again? You know, it's a it's a cute scene and all. But it just makes me, th- or, or and even the groundskeeper's like, all right, remember what I taught you. Make sure it pulls to the left. He's like, I think I'll manage. <laughs> and it's it's all very cute, but he's just such a fucking pro at it. And I'm like, wait, like an hour ago, weren't they saying he was dog shit? What is? When did this change? Was there a montage? I forgot. Like, outside of a montage, I've, I've now that I put a little more brain power behind that. And there doesn't have to be a montage it, it, for the record. Well, no, it, like what they could be saying is that Bond is most comfortable when he's under pressure like this. And that and that's sure, how he performs maybe. best. You know, when he's in a test environment and there's no stakes at all, he's a he's a fuck up. <laughs> yeah, it, it yeah, he can definitely appear as an out of shape person, which is which leads me back to think that the. You know, the Master Chief-esque comparison I made to him a while ago, He's that's why he's so pervasive and such a, a big deal, because he just has that intuition, that sixth sense, that, that sort of luck factor to, to what he does. He'll be in a situation that other people will get killed, and he'll, he'll know to shoot the fire extinguisher, and, and it'll explode, and he'll win. You know, or whatever, right? Or the gas tank underneath the kitchen sink that he can just barely see, and it'll work, and he'll be amazing. That that's his thing. So yeah, yeah. Anyway, just I, I know that's random. Just the what made me think of where? Just explain where that even came from, and that was it. Um, as for Any other, other tropes, um, we should probably write down the tropes. We should do that sometime. We should get more organized. <laughs> nah. <laughs> I should get more organized. Look, having official sections is that's more organization than I'm used to, so <laughs> I don't really feel like there's too many other tropey, tropey, tropey things that we've kind of covered. There's no real we already touched on it, but not saying it was a trope as much. Uh there's no bad guy reveal section. 
There's no leaving Bond to his devices to escape. There's yeah. no, there's there's hardly, a, I mean, there is. I was about to say there's hardly a money penny scene, but I mean, technically there is. The whole shaving there's, scene is there's kind like of a two or three money penny scenes. And and there are right, like when he comes in to the new headquarters and he's kind of talking shit to her. Yeah. You know, she's saying like, oh, they took me off active field. And he's like, I feel loads safer. You know, all their little, they, they have uh-huh. a cute little relationship through all yeah. the movie. Uh, but up than that, I don't really, I can't think of any other tropes myself. No, you're Anything fine. for you? You're fine. Yeah, yeah uh, okay. I, that, that's it for me. Like, all right. the, 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 I'm the, I'm most excited about our last section, and it, we're just now hitting an hour on the recording, so we have time yeah. to have this well, discussion if we need to have this discussion. I kind of don't. Uh, you know, your your tone tells me I don't. I prob- we probably don't need to. So <laughs> the last section we're moving on to is rankings, and yep. we're just kind of ranking these movies, the ones we like, where they go, top to bottom, you know. And we're just gonna re- go ahead and read them off. So this is starting from the worst to the best so far as we think, and as we add, they shift. Number 11, From Russia With Love. Number 10, Dr. No. Number 9, On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Number 8, Quantum of Solace. 7, Live and Let Die. 6, The Living Daylights. 5, Tomorrow Never Dies. 4, Casino Royale. 3, Golden Eye. 2, The Man with the Golden Gun. And I've maybe given away where I think Skyfall fits. <laughs> I was wondering what I've list you were reading. I've accidentally shown my hand. <laughs> uh, you know, I was about halfway through the movie. I was like, I'm going to fight this fucker. We're putting this on the top of the list. And then when it got to no. the end of the movie, I was like, this isn't going to be a fight. <laughs> yeah, no, this this is like I, I've if this isn't number one, like. I'd be surprised. I'd I'd need to reevaluate our entire podcasting about movies ever, because how this isn't number one is, would be crazy to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like all the other good ones before this movie are good with caveats. At least for me. Uh, this is, of course, speaking from my my opinion. But yeah, I th- can like see the that. man with a golden gun is good. But it's campy and kind of hokey, and you kind of have to look past a lot of tropey nonsense to really, really get why it's good. Mm-hmm. Goldeneye has serious flaws, but it's good despite them. This movie, mm-hmm. like, I regret not watching it prior to now. It was, it, I would put it up there with some of my favorite films. Yeah, I, I really would too. Like, I genuinely could put this in like my top five favorite movies and i would not bat an eye about that to myself thinking like is this really worth putting in there you know if i ever said gold golden eye i could see kind of myself putting it in there because to me in some way golden eye was the precursor to this of Mm -hmm. sorts where it's kind of you know rebooting the franchise bringing it into this 
it's not really a reboot, of course, in that movie as much. M is definitely a reboot, but it's it, it's it's telling a new Bond story while kind of touching on and retelling some of the Bond history a little bit. Yeah, like kind of like the Aston Martin scene, like the Q Brandt scene in Skyfall, like those two scenes. It just has some stuff going on that touch on the history of the movies. And but this one just does it really well. This one touches on those things just enough. And it's a super good movie with a super good villain. And again, like Goldeneye, I think that had a really interesting story where the villain was personal to the hero and they actually had specific interactions. So that's kind of why I like Goldeneye in some way. But this movie does that better because it ties it into M as well and to Bond. And uh, Silver's more of a cautionary tale to Bond than having a direct problem with Bond like 006 did in Goldeneye. He's he's just out here telling you, like, she will fuck you, and I'm trying to help you. <laughs> and all that's that's something I can really get on board with in, in some way. I really like that dynamic, that sort of mentality of another character's one person's experiences aren't necessarily someone else's, but maybe he's not wrong either. You know, that sort of that sort of thing, that very gray sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. One one thing that I that I really respect about this movie is watching it. I felt like I could enjoy it, even if I didn't know all of the weird Bond underpinnings. And yeah, I think you could. I I think a scene or two would be a little funny. You you'd you'd be you'd scratch a little bit. Like, huh? Wonder what that's about. But it doesn't affect the what's going on sort of narrative like you can hear q say his line like we don't really go into exploding pins anymore you don't really need to know any of that history for that Mm -hmm. to to appreciate that scene and think it's cute or funny and you could just have the most peripheral bond knowledge as possible and that scene still works james bond uses gadgets that's all you ever need to have heard in the zeitgeist of pop culture or whatever. And that yeah. scene still works. Yeah. The only one that's kind of maybe whatever, if anybody even paid enough attention, is the Aston Martin scene. Like, because they play that very specifically. The, the tune they play when he turns on the light to reveal it, and the tune they play when he drives off. Like, you could just have all that be there and never think much of it. But that's really there for people who are fans of the series. Yeah, yeah. So, I I would agree. This is one of the few Bond movies that kind of stands on its own without the rest of the franchise. Yeah, like yeah. Casino it's, Royale is probably another one of those too. It's also one of the only Bond movies that's actually a good movie. <laughs> yeah, it it is just a good movie. I think Casino Royale fits in that same boat, too. I think it's a good movie, generally. Maybe it's not, would it be in somebody's top five, per se? You know, maybe. On average, would it be in somebody's top five or top ten? I don't think so. But it's still a good movie. Yeah. It's not bad. It's not poorly made. 
but this one definitely does much better. This one, whatever Casino Royale did, this one steps it up the whole way. Yep. So number one, it's number one. Yep. Number, number uno, uno. That's the one. Yep. And uh, number one on our list. I I don't see anything dethroning that anytime soon. I really don't either. I'd, I'd be hard pressed to think any of these other Bond movies would dethrone this one to you. If for no other reason than like you said, every other movie has a caveat. Right. Like they, some other movie, you know, we might watch live and let die and you could watch that one and say, Oh, this is such a good story. It's such a personal story. So that I like the story better than Skyfall. But what about them action scenes, boy? Hmm. But the action scenes, <laughs> the action scenes, pretty good in Skyfall. This one's a very full package, at least to me. It doesn't have quite the Bond quote unquote flair, right? Like we talked about in the trope section, there's not much in the way of tropes. Right. There, there's more pokes and prods at tropes than there is actual tropes. The again. The Q Branch comment about exploding pins. I feel like Silver may have had some sort of sinister villain plot comment or something was stated somewhere. I feel like that was kind of a thing, but maybe I'm misremembering. Yeah, yeah. But but like it has the, it has the least Bond like moments, but it's also the mm-hmm. most personal story we've seen. It it definitely is. We I think there could be a debate whether or not it is the most personal, or if it's, you know, where does it fit in the most personal? Because you do have on Her Majesty's Secret Service, and he gets married, and his wife gets killed by his nemesis. So yeah, it's a, but it's a very personal story. Yes, it's a very personal this, story. This one is is not only personal to Bond; it's personal to everyone involved. In, everyone in, in, we give a shit in, about yeah including the, the the british government like yeah and and that's that i would say that part's kind of relative and it's not to say that it isn't personal it's good it's good <laughs> look it's number one what, what why are we still talking well, we I guess we have to we have to have this this discussion that way later when you're like Golden Jaw or whatever the hell what's what's another one what's it what's it No no keep going Gold 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 Finger there we go you're like no uh-huh. Gold Finger's number one and and then I can be like dude, nah, remember no remember that time you told me Skyfall was this No dude I'm pretty sure no this is my this is probably my favorite Bond movie like. Bar none, just about. If it, it is my favorite Bond movie, outside okay. of some little, some little quirky, some little things that don't stand well to me or I don't or rub me wrong, you know, like the whole night scene. the The last act has some good parts to it. Uh, basically, the last like fifteen twenty minutes definitely has some good stuff going on, but I, I don't know why. Just certain parts of it are a little funny to me. Mm-hmm. That it boils down to what it does in in a way maybe is a little off putting to me. I guess that's just not what I anticipated Silver's plan to be. Like I'm gonna come in with a motherfucking helicopter and I'm gonna rocket launcher your stupid house. 
I don't, <laughs> I don't know. And I know part of that's Bond's fault, right? Because he put does the propane tanks and all that. But it's it's just the same. It's just not what I ex- totally expected from him. But it it's still all very good, right? The the rest, whatever, maybe the last twenty minutes is kind of up and down to me. The rest of the movie is so very good. Oh, see, the, I the last twenty minutes for me is perfect. Like that is exactly what I show up to movies to watch. Yeah, it it's definitely a good end. I don't want to make it sound like it's bad. There's just little thing, little personal things, so I wouldn't hold it as much against the movie itself. It is a good end. It is, it is much more held up by the other stuff. I really enjoy the character interactions and character dialogue versus like action scenes. Uh, that's just not as interesting to me. And somehow oh, we've made it through this entire look action. At me, look at me. I'm Reed. I'm high class. I'm I don't not think a fan of the action sequences. I don't. I don't think that means you're high class. It just cares. What do you care more Act, about? I, action sequences are beneath me. I. I mean, no. I mean, kinda. <laughs> I mean, anybody can make a helicopter fly into a building and explode, and, and it looks cool. I guess. Anyway, man, that's pretty good. That was Skyfall. This movie about Bond and his past at Skyfall Lodge with the deer. That was a pretty good movie, wasn't it, Sergio? I think so. It's fantastic, man. Fantastic. Like, like, finally, finally, this whole thing is worth doing. It It is. And now... It's all downhill from here, bro. <sighs> kind of. <laughs> we'll see what you have to say about Spectre. Uh, oh no. <laughs> Cuz these these four movies kind of follow a uh I feel like there's some other movie franchise that has this sort of trend where it's like, "Hey man, that first one was really good." And that oh, what what was it? The uh the Star Trek movies, the even ones are the good ones and the odd ones are the bad <laughs> ones, is that it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of the opposite for these. I don't know, we'll see. Maybe no time to die will break the trend. Maybe it'll be bad too. Uh, yeah, like, 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 what happens if if we watch all of these movies and then No Time to Die is like the greatest fucking film we've ever watched? Oh my goodness, I, I guess we'll see. I I will tell you this: after watching this movie and what little qualm I had with the whole he's an old dog and he's aged out stuff like that, because I mean that as I understand it, that's part of what's going on in No Time to Die. Mm-hmm. If they if they run that through the ringer again, I'm kind I'm definitely going to be a bit annoyed about it. I'm definitely going to probably poke that movie a bit and be like, all right, I'm I'm taking some points off if you motherfuckers bring this whole crap up about Bond's too old to do what he's doing, and then somehow he isn't, and and it's all said and done, <laughs> and, and it's back to the status quo once again. No, you already did this somewhat in Skyfall, so. Mm-mm. 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 Not not gonna t- not gonna put up with it a second time. Oh, we'll see. We'll see. What's we, what what are we what are we talking about next time? Next time we'll be talking about Spectre. Spectre, the, and and then and then that means I'll be caught up. Yep. Well, you'll and, be caught up with the Daniel Craig ones. Yes. 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 Well, well, that's that was the whole point in watching these in this order. 
so so I guess some house clean uh, housekeeping. We're gonna do we're gonna do Spectre, and then we're gonna take a break. Yep. Uh, because No Time to Die doesn't come out until when? March, I believe. March. I feel okay. like there's an exact date, but I, I I believe the month was at least March. Uh, do you think what what are the chances of uh it not coming out? I I'm not even gonna speculate on that because I don't have a good uh finger on the pulse of any of that kind of stuff as far as like productions and things getting delayed, why they get delayed. Mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't know any of that. I, I don't even know why this one got delayed other than to assume COVID sounds like a good enough reason. I don't know why it got delayed two different times last year, this year, and now it's delayed again to March. Who knows? Maybe it'll get delayed again. I got nothing on that one. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I like I hope it comes out soon enough. Mm hmm. Because I don't want to delay the season two of, of debriefing and cocktails, but yeah, we we might have to. We'll we'll keep up and see what goes on. We let's assume let's say it does get pushed back again. Let's say it gets pushed back to I don't know July for the sake of saying something. We'll probably rethink our structure a little bit. Come that one, come yeah. come that realization. Uh, but for now, as Sergio said, we're gonna after Spectre, we're gonna take a, a momentary lapse and wait till No Time to Die comes out, and we'll revisit it if something changes there. Okay, sounds good. Yeah, sounds good. Well, thank you all very much for putting up with us and being patient with us and working with us on getting these episodes out. We hope that you appreciate them we certainly appreciate you taking your time and if you would if you have any more time to spare for us lowly mortals if you would listen to shellheads they talk about ninja turtles and stuff and that's neat um clarence brown he he discusses quite a few things like doctor who and comic books and maybe something else that Sergio could quickly interject into Star Trek. No, oh, discussing Trek. Yeah, that one. That's a cool one. Are there are there any other Clarence Brown podcasts? Is that it? Is that, is that it? Um, the Tech Edition podcast. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I remember that one. I used also to be on like that to, all the time. Hey. You, you were. That's where you got kind of started a little bit, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'd also like to give a, a happy shout out to Mr. Brown. Thank you for anything and everything that you do for us in terms of stuff that I don't know and is above my pay grade. So thank you kindly, sir. <laughs> and, uh, you know, listen to Reality Breach sometime. We still put out stuff there from time to time when everybody's schedules matches up these days. Which is tough, man. It's getting tough yeah. with this baby. Yeah, it's just going to get tougher, right? <laughs> well, folks, once again, thanks so much for joining us and giving us your time. And we wish you a Merry Christmas, Happy Kwanzaa, whatever the Jewish one is. 
That would you know, be Hanuk- just, Hanukkah. 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 You know what? Just happy holidays, man. Whatever, whatever floats your bert, your bert, your boat floats your bert. Yeah, whatever floats your bert floats your bert. Find, find people out there. You, him, hers, it's they, them's, and those people. Have a good night. Debriefing and cocktail. You are listening to Keep the Hip, Q Nod, and Break Up Rock.